MFs, what the fuck is going on? Episode 64 here at Hustle Like You Broke, Matthew Walt coming to you from Boston, where it is in the 60s today, mid-March, in the 60s, warmer than Los Angeles. Not as warm as Miami, Florida, not as warm as Austin, Texas, probably not as warm as where Kyle is today. But maybe for Brother Banks, I don't know. Let's do a round. Sister Dallas, what is the temperature of the water at the Venetian Aquatic Club this morning? <laughs> well, that was a balmy 73, which is perfect. You know, the outside air temp was about 75, so it was a nice little combo. Heating Sounds up as the day progresses. Delightful and getting fucking humid, I am sure. Not at all. This is the time of year to be here, man. It's perfect. It's just perfect. That's what you keep saying. Brother Hamilton, what about you? We're at a crisp 50 degrees and moist. That's what I'm saying. It's 60 moist. here, 50 there. Mm-hmm. Banks, welcome uh, back. Hello, hello. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Missed everybody. Banks, it's been like no, three weeks. We haven't seen you. <laughs> Gotta pay these say? bills. <laughs> he said, no, you didn't. You've been making all this money. Gotta pay these bills. Brother it is Hamilton, back. straight to the money every goddamn I time. Keep it consistent. Keep it real. <laughs> it's all about the balance. And it's not just balance of life and mind, balance of that bank account. Yes, yes. Need those receivables. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, glad to hear that. Glad to see your face. Happy to have you do what you do. We got a good one today. We're going to about to run through our usual headlines. I already know that Sister Dallas is going to be mad at me because she said beforehand (laughs) not to say what I'm about to say. But before we do that, we're going to switch it up. We're going to do something we don't usually do. We're going to bring out our guest first because today's guest is not only a good friend of the program and we are ecstatic to have her. I know she's going to be a huge contribution to the program, which she doesn't know and she's hearing for the very first time right now, is she's not just a guest today. She is auditioning to become a new guest host Woo-hoo! on the program. There it is. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Tammy Blevin, C3 Presents. We love you. We are happy to have you. What's going on? What is happening, everybody? I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, hot and humid in Texas. Here we go. There it is. <laughs> well, as long as you uh, maintain power... And there isn't a cold streak. I think we'll get through the next hour plus. And uh, I'm saying this could be the start of something beautiful, Tam. <laughs> I predict, I don't try and predict anything here about the weather anymore. Well, I so, think that's wise. I will tell you, I love Austin. I think we all love Austin. But Texas in general has so many different climates that you drive through just in the course of a couple of hours. It's, yeah. it's kind of wild going from, you know, Houston to Dallas to Austin or whatever. It's just such extremes. And DFW is like the one airport that I try and avoid anytime I need a connector because you never know what's going to happen in Dallas at any given moment. So yeah. not that there's any similarity between Dallas and Austin, but when it comes to Texas, my first thought as an avid traveler is, please, God, don't make me land in Dallas. 100%. Because you're 
flight will land in A and your connection will will be in C and you've got eight minutes to get there. (laughs) And that's if it lands in Dallas at all. The last time I had a connector through Dallas, actually, they threatened that they were actually going to fly us into, I don't even remember the name of the town. It's not, it's like half an hour away. It's actually... The, the name is actually known as, as another state that's in like, it's like Stillwater, right? Stillwater, Texas, except I think of Stillwater as Stillwater, Oklahoma. And they're like, we're going to be landing in Stillwater. And I'm like, where the fuck? Where are we? And then we're literally going in for the landing. They're like, no, we decided we're going back to Dallas. The weather has cleared up. I don't know if it was Stillwater, but it was a crazy fucking story. That's all I know. But anyway. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, yes. I didn't. I was, I, yeah. I was, uh, I was whack. How many Tito's did you have? Yeah, not nearly <laughs> enough. Not nearly okay. enough. I All was right. en route in route to Burbank. I needed to do a load in <laughs> that night. There wasn't going to be a connector out of wherever the fuck this other airport was because mm. I'd never even heard of it. Tech support, if you're listening and can figure hey, out what I'm talking about. He didn't even want to comment on this one. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he needs to fly. let that one go. Yeah, let it breathe, okay. play, boy. Okay, well, yeah. we're just going to move into the, ta- <laughs> the topic that Dallas did not want to touch today, which is, of course, big headlines in the news, the British royal family. Uh-oh. <laughs> Actually, I'm not really going to say anything other than to point out that whether or not the British royal family is determinately racist... <laughs> I don't know. Oh, but here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. This is an interesting thing that came to my attention not long ago, and the reason that I brought it up. Christine I was working can't take it. With a clutch, she's already mad at me. I know. I don't care. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't care. I was working with a client that was a person of color based in the Netherlands, and he was telling me that what people don't understand is that racism across Europe and the UK is actually arguably worse than it is in the United States. The reason being, it's not even acknowledged. It's not discussed. It's not talked about. People of color across Europe are treated as if they just don't exist. Whereas in the US, we face, we we are being forced lately to face. I said we do. And, and I know. I know. It's taken. It's taken people dying, unfortunately, over and over again, and then getting caught on video. And I hate to make light of that, but the silver lining that's come out of this past year and the bullshit that we've seen has been all of this talk about DEI inclusion and actually working towards a better day. We here, of course, at Hustle Like You Broke, hope that day comes soon. But the question and the reason that I raised the issue of the British royal family is whether or not it will spark the conversation that actually leads to a change in the attitude towards racism in the UK and in Europe. To me, that when I hear from a client who is a person of color saying to me, he feels as if he's simply not even acknowledged in his country, because you look at the history books of all these European countries, there's not even a mention of people of color unless you are Southeast Asian living in the UK and it's somehow connected to the trade with the West Indies and what have you. No mention. No mention. Is It's as if there isn't a black person in Europe at all. Somebody from one person's point of view. I mean, it's just amazing you're talking from one person's point of view that you have this conversation with. 
I think it would be wrong to dismiss that. I just think, you know, like with everything that there's, everybody's got a different perspective. And I think that, you know, that might be one person's point of view, but I just think that there's a lot more going on than just that. I don't even know how to respond to that. Anybody else want to to jump in or am I supposed to move on here? Well, you know, I tend to, it it might not be acknowledged like it is in the United States where, um, but I had an experience in Germany many years ago where I was staying in a, went there to see my sister who was in the service, um, stayed in a small town with a family, was their nanny. That was how I paid kind of for my stay there. And when I would take the bus into town, the bus driver was their their system was kind of on an honor system, right? You get on the bus, you're supposed to pay. You're if you don't, you're good unless the you know authority comes onto the bus and looks asks you for your ticket. But he would this bus driver every day would just let me on the bus. I'd try and give him the money for it, and he would just wave me off and and um, and I'd just go sit down. And I finally asked. A friend who could speak German, I was like, why does this dude just keep letting me on the bus? And he told him that it's because we never have black people here. And I love this. Mm. And that was, and when I say small town, I mean one street and a bombed out castle at the top of the hill. It was, Mm. it was a small town. The German woman who lived in the apartment above where we were staying I'd meet her on the steps every morning. She'd talk German. I'd speak English. Neither of us knew what each other said. We'd have our coffee and we'd go our separate ways. Who She could have been, not, not, I don't know, but she'd look forward to me sitting on the set. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Well, well I'm, I am happy to hear that story. I didn't mean to bring up anything inflammatory. You know where I'm coming from. I think systemic racism exists across the globe, and I think conversations about it are always healthy, and shutting them down is always the wrong thing to do. So if that is something that should be addressed and is going to be addressed or is being addressed in the UK and elsewhere, I'm in favor. That's it. I'm happy to say that. I'll move on, and I will say, in the headlines today, has anybody ever heard of a Dutch engineer named Lou Ottens? I hadn't either, but he just passed away at the age of 94. He is credited as the inventor of the cassette tape. Really? (laughs) As well as having played a major role in the development of the first CD while working at Philips, Arguably one of the most important people in the history of recorded music. I saw this on The Guardian and not in any music mag, but shout out to him and his family. I don't know where I'd be without cassettes and CDs being in my life. I got my job work, my first job at the first CD only record label. That was my first job in the industry. That was a big thing in the early to mid 90s. And, uh, you know, I think that's worth acknowledgement. I will tell you, this is funny. The tagline attached to the rollout of the cassette tape in 1963, this was the selling point, smaller than a pack of cigarettes. (laughs) Wow. There you have it. That's important. Cigarettes and, yeah, and cassettes. So wait, now, when was the 8-track tape born? 
That's a good question. I'm going to go with, based on my grandmother's collection sometime in the early to mid-70s, I'm betting we could Google that and find that out pretty quickly if somebody wants to do it. I think Brother Banks might be on it already. (laughs) I can tell. I'm looking at it. Yeah. My parents, when I was a kid, they had a reel-to-reel that, for whatever reason, had uh, the Lady Sings the Blues. Mm-hmm. So I listen to that constantly on the real to real. And then I still have a stack of eight track tapes and I'll, and the vinyl that nice. I inherited. But I just remember my grandmother, when I was very little in the late seventies, she would have the Bee Gees and Barry Manilow and Diana Ross. And, you know, just, and that was what she listened to on her eight track player that was in the kitchen and uh, yeah. I don't know what's happened to that thing or if it would even function anymore. But uh, I'm sure it doesn't. They, 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 they didn't really have much of an evolution. You know, they kind of came and went, unlike yeah. other technologies. What do you got? It was like eight track to cassette, right? Yeah. 1970 the cassette, is the, the original. The cassette preceded for, the eight track. 1970. The cassette came out in 63. But what was it used for at first? Music? No. Uh, the A-Track? Recording no, the, is apparently, oh. No, for the cassette. If it came out in 63, was that, was were they competing with each other in music? Because I don't remember. I don't. Yes, it was either. to do with the not having to flip it over. They were competing with each other. Aha. Uh-huh. That's the what A-track... the A-Track was offering, that they did, you wouldn't have to flip sides. Correct. Mm. Which, of course, was would be a benefit over vinyl also, because if the cassette came out, smaller than a cigarette that would be their way of saying you no longer have to carry your records under your you know under your arm you can fit it in your pocket right next to your pack of smokes but the eight track comes out and that's and there you go now you don't have to change sides i still miss the sizzle of vinyl though i still miss it i love it like white noise or something I, i miss it That's just called bad recording, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> dirty needle. <laughs> Part of the magic. Part no. of the magic. Dirty needle. Goes right to oh, the boy. Dirty needle. So many directions on that one. Also in the news, Kyle Hamilton, I got to call you out and ask, what's up with you, boy, Johnny Damon? You're our resident sports guy. What's your take? Um, honestly, I don't know who the hell that is. <laughs> Johnny there Damon. There you go. Very likely Hall of Fame Major League Baseball player. Oh, champion of, on the I, Red Sox I, and I the Yankees. Zero attention to baseball for Worst oh, in the history of the outfield. So what he, what happened? for a DUI in Florida, gets out of the car, had to be restrained. His I'm wife sorry. gets out of the car, yeah. starts walking home, oh! has to be brought back. You know, it's a, it's a mm. pretty good story. If you guys haven't seen the tape, check the tape. Come Where on. were they coming from? <laughs> they were coming from getting loaded. Two hours <laughs> after the arrest, Johnny blew a 3.0. Oh, yeah, he and, was nice. And, and, you know, and the, and the breathalyzer in Florida, their, their limit is 0.8, which I'm pretty sure is actually higher than a number of other states. He blew a 3.0 two hours later. He mm. was driving home from the bar. Oh, yeah, and nice. when he got pulled over, going back and forth across the lane, hitting a curb, back into the street, 
middle of the night. Thank God nobody got hurt or killed. But Johnny Damon, who's, by the way, Johnny Damon's first name, he was born Johnny Damon. Mm. Not John. No derivation. <laughs> just Johnny. His parents went straight for Johnny. Johnny Damon. So wow. this guy was on an episode Fun of fact. Below Deck, Below Deck Mediterranean. He was. A, he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, I saw I that watched, episode I watched too, both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was loaded on that. His uh-huh. wife was a belligerent <laughs> drunk on that, too. Yes, so yes. So this is a problem. Yeah. She got into a fight <laughs> with those cats from the other boat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. It, was a, it was entertaining TV. Both there episodes he was on. There it is. Both episodes. Banks knows his below deck. I know my below deck Mediterranean. (laughs) I will tell you my favorite thing about below deck. I've started drinking espresso martinis. Anybody else drink espresso martinis? That's the way to go. Yes. I can't drink anymore. I Mm. barely drink anymore myself. Although I did drink last night. I'll admit that. I barely drink anymore when you, you have You don't even a, know her. You're calling her a job. goddamn liar. No, I was talking to you. I knew he was talking to you. I just said I drank last night. What are you right, saying? Do you, do you barely drink anymore when you drink a mason jar full of Tito's? I have gone down to about, I drink maybe two nights a week now, as opposed to every day, six o'clock, bore like a, you know, pour my first of several triple doubles. I mean... You know, I can fuck around and drink a tri- triple double any day. You know, don't don't you know? I've seen you. I mean, you're just saying you don't beverage anymore. I'm like, no, that's not you lying. That's how I roll. Tam you has know. seen it. She served me my triple doubles. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just, just keep them happy. Again. Keep it moving on again. Now, Tam, you live in Austin in Polestar yeah. today. The Austin venues. The, 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 the headline said, Austin venues create safety guidelines for local reopening. Have you heard this? No. Working for C3, you're not in the clubs, so I can appreciate that you have a Well, we, we, do, we do clubs, but, you know, news about safety guidelines come out every day. I'm just waiting for a final decision. In Austin, they're calling it safe in sound. I thought that was clever. Kind of a play off the Capital City song, Safe and Sound. Play off the general concept, but Safe in Sound. A lot of Very facts clever. today. A lot of facts today. And these <laughs> I'm, guidelines I'm, I'm are? full of it. Uh, they, I mean, they outline guidance for distancing, for use of hand sanitizer, for cleanliness of bathrooms, for safety training, for ways to recognize. This one caught me off guard. But you know what's ways funny? to recognize the symptoms of COVID nineteen. They talk How about all the shit. Recognize that the symptoms. Already been in place. How to clean a restroom? Yeah, that I know. I was like, and what is place. new about like? This? There's nothing new about any of this shit. Just quit being nasty bastard. I mean, I'm hoping it's just their way of, of you know, turning their nose up at your governor who said, let's open up the state a week ago. And they're Wait. saying, OK, OK, slow down. We're going to be safe. We're going to be smart about this. Would you miss, Brother Banks? Would you miss? No, 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 no. No, I was going to say something else, but. What were you no, going to say? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Shit's coming out today. Uh, no, 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 no. I'll save it for later. Let's 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 continue. Let's continue. Oh, <laughs> oh man, our audience wants to know. Give it. They to don't. Us. They don't. They don't want to know. We'll just we'll keep going. We'll keep going. We should do a, a poll. Who washed their hands? 
every day. <laughs> All day. Exactly. It's so it took a pandemic to get the whole world to start washing their hands. Well, it took a pandemic for everybody to sing fucking happy birthday twice while they're washing their hands. <laughs> Count to 20, scratch, do the mm. monkey, ABCs, you know, yeah. stick some, you know, disinfectant up your ass and you're good to go. Yeah. I now use a scented, um, you know, like a, uh, hand sanitizer or whatever i'm like like it's perfume and i i don't i wasn't really thinking about it but i put it on my hands and then i just start spraying it ever i'm like why am i is this what i'm is this what the world's coming to i mean have you tried ingesting it to see if it prevents the works on the inside kind of a cleaning from the inside now i'm gonna just don't do that i'm gonna take a hard hard especially tanny yes please don't do that that's called tito's yeah. Oh, I mean, I it's have been taking the original Russian, uh, you know, vaccine Cleanser. going back, you know, to the beginning. So there it is. Clearly, we're off the rails today. So let's just keep <laughs> going. Festival Watch. What's the latest on Rolling Loud, D- Dallas? I haven't heard anything about cancellation of May. Super quiet. I don't see any ads running either. Coachella, Here's my October. guess. I'm going on record. Just my guess. Do it. Rolling Loud happens in the fall. Yeah, sure. With Coachella, like I said. <laughs> yeah, my prediction, Coachella. Everything's going to happen the same weekend in the fall. <laughs> I'm just I'm predicting that between everything, everything Labor Day weekend like, and the week after that, everything's I mean, happening. That's, just that's get ready, people. predicated on the possibility that, it, that these festivals happen at all. I still say most of them won't. But I say Rolling Loud does happen in the fall. I say Coachella doesn't. Banks, you and I both bet Kyle already. He said it did. We said it didn't. We're going to take his money, as usual. Lollapalooza. (laughs) I wish I knew someone from C3 who could give us a perspective on that. But we're not going to put her on the spot. I keep keep (laughs) consulting my crystal ball, and it will not give me a clear answer. I'm going to bet December. South America might be off the table. What do you I'm think? guessing South America happens next year. Okay, yeah, that's big, big excitement there. Yeah, definitely. Next year, of course. Yeah, of course, year, but... next year. We're talking and this year. If we're going to talk about 2022, 2023, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it is worth questioning whether certain countries are going to be ready for festivals in Q1 of 2022. I do know that across Southeast Asia, they're saying vaccines are unlikely to even be uh, approved in some of these countries. I happen to work with a client where we were planning festivals in Manila and Jakarta for Q1 that are most likely going to be taking place in Q3, 22 instead. That'll be their first time back after being shut down a year ago this past week. So that's real. And honestly, I don't know where they are, where they're at in South America. As I understand it, Brazil's been fucked for a long time. So I don't think it's so, so, so easy to say, of course, we're going to be back in Q1 22. But I'm predicting that we will. That's what I'm going on record to say. I'm predicting that we will. But the US. All I know is one year ago. What do you know? One year ago tomorrow. When I left my office and we shut down, I left my plants because I thought I'd be back in a couple of weeks. <laughs> they died so, with the COVID. So my, yeah, exactly. No, I went back. I went back and got the plants. So who knows? 
well, Olympics I, 2021 means the world is going to open back up. Everybody's working. I, I keep, again, the, oh. those headlines keep shifting back and forth. The, the latest Olympics I heard going down. Everything is now else they're is saying happen. they might happen, but no audience. So it's it was happen. with audience, but remember it was clapping, but no shouting. We actually had that headline a couple weeks they ago. They don't know what they're going to do. For <laughs> but then it was no Olympics. And then it was a lot of countries can't participate. They might do it. They might not do it. Now it's probably on no audience. Think about the amount of money that Tokyo will lose by not having an audience. Those There's no audience the- today. By the time it happens, there'll be plenty of audience people there. Let me tell you about an audience. Let me tell you about some of Dallas's people too. Has anybody heard of the oh. Space Coast City Fest? Headline in today, I don't know where I saw it, but I'm going to read you a quote. After more than two years of active preparation and prayer, banks, thousands Amen. of followers of Jesus and hundreds of churches throughout Brevard County, Florida, which I believe is coastal Brevard? east of Orlando. Can I say Brevard? See, I told you, you're the Florida person. I'm not. Caught you. It's Brevard. They came together for Space Coast City Fest with Andrew Palau. I don't know who that is. Culminating in a free two-day evangelic, evangelistic, excuse me, festival at Space Coast Daily Park on March 6th and 7th. Look it up. Space Coast City Fest. It was fucking packed. I'm talking like thousands and thousands. But we don't care. Of They're the Luyas. No be fine. masks. No nothing. They, this they do week. what they want. They do what they want. We have a church in Pasadena that's been full on since the beginning of the pandemic. Like three thousand people every Sunday. Is God and protecting them? God is not protecting them. There've been They're tons of deaths, but they're wow. still going. Because God says he Because they believe. <laughs> yeah. God says she, blah, blah, blah. This and space you, place, Banks, is this by Bible land? God, still, God is still your client, correct? God is still my client. Tammy, did you know this? Brother <laughs> oh, Banks. Oh, yeah. Is like the, That's the why he's never here, because like, he's out there changing up God. sound systems. With and God, yeah. He's got like yeah. 150 churches now. <laughs> That's Across great. the South. You should have been with us last week for the Sound Girls. Were we talking to them? Because one of them, Bex was her name, got her start with in two church. mega churches mm-hmm. in Florida. Yeah. yeah. I grew up in an area where I didn't even know what a fucking mega church was. Guess <laughs> <laughs> like, this is my thing. This is my uh, world. Blah, hey, blah, man. Blah. There's, now there's, you're the TM of a mega church. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the church oh of God. Hustle Like You Broke. <laughs> Moving on, though, again, we're going back and forth on what's happening. CDS Eventum, which is one of the biggest promoters in Europe, just announced all of their festivals. They had about a half dozen major music festivals across Germany. Coachella. Canceled. <laughs> Canceled this summer. No June, no July. They were talking just last week at the International Live Music Conference, which is a major music conference in Europe. ILMC, you can look it up. Saying no festivals in continental Europe before August at the very earliest. What's the latest with uh, Reading and Leeds? I haven't said anything since. Still on. 
supposedly in August. For you. Okay. Yeah, they I sold a hundred and what eighty thousand tickets or something. Yeah, eighty thousand tickets. Yeah, they hold that. They sold them on the premise that they were going to have their full lineup. They have not said either way whether it's going to be domestic talent only or whether Posty and be. all the other internationals are coming in. I don't know. It's not till the end of August, which we- doesn't, which allows for the possibility, right? Even if nothing happens <laughs> across continental Europe. First of all, UK is not in continental Europe. Second of all, they were saying nothing through July. We're talking about end of August. I mean, does shit change that fast? I don't know. We were saying before we came on this morning that it really, you know, it's going to come down to liability. It's going to come down to insurance coverage. It's going to come down to whether government will indemnify the insurance companies, whether Live Nation will win their lawsuits that they filed against their insurers. They're saying that they're, what is it, that there's there's basically nine major insurance carriers that are all effectively subsidiaries of Lloyd's of London that share the responsibility of all the festivals out there. That And, and European festivals historically actually have had, a number of them, have had pandemic insurance. But if they win their lawsuit and get paid out, at least four of those nine insurance companies will be bankrupt, out of business, no more. So are the insurance companies going to be protected? Where's that money going to come from? Who's going to you know, cover festivals in the U.S. with the new coverage that they need? It what came from all the years of premiums being paid without being um, presented yes. to anybody, so they got plenty of money. Why is it that you have insurance companies get all this goddamn money for 15, 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. one situation shows up and shuts everything down? Because they, they don't actually sense. have the money. They, they take that money and they invest it. But yeah. it's just insurance in companies are in the business of making money. Don't make it, don't get any, you know, mistake. I know, but it makes that. no sense. Maybe you the business concerts. model should be set up to fail. You you're making all this money, put your nest egg away, and one day shit's just gonna blow up and you're gonna go away. And then yeah. you can't pay any can't pay any um can't pay out any claims and then you drop everybody. That's such bullshit. Isn't that what happened? What was it the insurance company during the housing um crisis? Housing crisis. Oh, it, yeah. yeah. That mm-hmm. it broke the them. Bubble burst. Mm-hmm. And did yeah. the U.S. government bail them out? They did, right? Isn't that what happened? Yeah, some of the yeah. banks stepped in yeah. and bought, bought and those. Bought them. Yeah, bought the debt. And then some banks collapsed and the other banks bought those. And then there was a whole bailout. And right. And then the government, you the know, because the get. government gives money not to from, major institutions. They just don't give it to people. Exactly. Right. So where does that leave us? Create an institution. We still don't know. But we do know that life... What was that, Tam? We need to create an institution. (laughs) Okay, okay. Get bailed out. Let's do it. Right, for the industry, right? Everybody's, yeah, everybody's getting money. We should be getting money as well. We should get it too. How are we going to do that? Tell us. Well, we pay insurance to drive. We pay insurance on our homes. You know, we pay for medical insurance, sort of, kind of, mostly, if you're lucky. So if we paid insurance in the industry and this kind of thing happens again, you get paid out. But nobody get the money because the CEO, the the, the execs get all the goddamn money. And well, then, then maybe we should make it, you the CEO, happen. Kyle. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> make Christine the CEO. No money is going to go out the door. 
She's just going to go get the out of my office now. Right. You don't need it right now. <laughs> you don't need it right now. Hold on to that. We're going to hold on to that for you. I do not approve that expenditure. Out. <laughs> there might be uh-huh. something to that. There might yeah. be something to that. We should hit up the uh, the the mental, what is it? Uh, the Mental Health Alliance that's working on insurance options for music business uh, mm-hmm. professionals, uh, you know, people that otherwise don't have access. Figure, I mean- we're also talking about the same thing as as if we created retirement savings that we pay into and then can pull out from when we need it, if we need it, heaven forbid, a work stoppage happens again. I, I think that there's something to that. Tammy, I nominate you. You came up with the idea. You can pass that buck off to one of us. But it, this is your baby. I think we found your calling. You're, you're hired. What do you know. say? Sure, I take it. I'll take it. Boom on the record. There now, it is. W- watching crews just like grow broke, go broke, and not have any work when this happened, it broke my heart. And how sure. many, you know, because we just thought that we were in an industry that was recession proof. You know, we we survived through the early two thousands with the the housing bubble, and because um, people always want to, you know, go out and see music, even if they can't afford a place to live, and you know counting on that cash and not putting it in the bank. We need to get better about that. So let's, so let's jump in and, and actually go do this episode like we usually would and talk <laughs> about you, Tim, because I think that's a good segue. Now, before we go, I was going to say two more quick things, one of which is Life is Beautiful just announced their lineup. Tickets yeah. go on sale next week. First one with a lineup to be announced as happening late September again we keep going back and forth. You see the pendulum swing. This one's happening. This one's not. That one looks to be the first actual major festival with a lineup in September in Vegas where they'll fucking go if they can. And it looks like they're going to go. So we got that. And then the other thing I was going to say is the Grammys are this weekend. So I'm all in on Dua Lipa. That's all I'm going to say. Anybody else? <laughs> Dallas, what do you got? Who, who are you in for as the big winner? Actually, I don't even really know who's in the running because it's kind of, you know. Just say Grammys. Dua Lipa. Good but I'm going to go with Dua because she's a good Sure, actor. I'm in. Brother Hamilton, what do you got? I'm going to say Doja Cat. I like that idea. Not as much as Dua, but I'm with you there. Banks? Going with God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's going to get a Grammy. God's God sweeping. Actually, yeah. God gets all the Grammys. Exactly. God God gets gets thanked more than anybody at the Grammys. So I he think gets that's every always Grammy. a safe choice. God always yeah. wins. <laughs> Give it up to your client, Banks. Tammy, who, who's your pick? I'm going with God. I'm, there you go. I'm with there you go. On that one. There you go. God always wins. I'm still going with Dua because she she's she's a goddess and. <laughs> Oh man! Nice. We know this. We Where's know your this. idol? You have an idol. You have a shrine back there somewhere. Would you just like to show us that? That would be weird. And no, I'm not going to show it to you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so Tammy brought up an excellent point about all of the people that she was talking about. You know, having to see 
you know, going out of work. And, and that kind of is a perfect segue because Tammy, you of course started in artist management in the nineties. We talked the other day, you worked with, they might be giants as one of your first major clients. I figured out Flansburg band that I worked a project on myself was called Monopuff. It was a side project of his back in like 95, 96. It was one of the first things that I ever did in this business. So Post-management career, early 2000s, you start working with Charles Atoll. Char- uh, yeah, Char- Charlie he Jones, links yeah. up with Charlie Jones. You know, a few years later, they, I mean, they were, it was Charles Atoll Presents, and then it was Capital Sports and Entertainment. And then the two of them hook up with... Uh, Charlie what? Walker. Ch- Charlie Walker, thank yeah. you. But so C3 Presents is formed, yes. and C3 is, of course, one of the biggest promoters in the country. Um, C3 is involved in all of the Lollapaloozas, both here in the States, as well as South America. And you also do the one in Stockholm too. Am I right? That is correct. Yeah. Is there another Berlin? Maybe? Berlin. Yep. And, and that's it, right? Yes. Yes. So you guys Stockholm also, then you do Austin city limits Yep. and you do voodoo fest. We've seen you at voodoo mm-hmm. and what am I missing? Shaky boots or something shaky like knees. that. Shaky, shaky knees. knees. The inauguration. Shaky inauguration. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did the inauguration this year. Tell us what you did at the inauguration. Uh, we did the flag install at the inauguration this year. So all the flags that were on the mall. Oh yeah. Yeah, we did. We are a yeah, multi-talented organization. More than music we can do it all. Well, and you do. You get involved in the Super Bowl. Am I right? Well, so. This year we did uh, just a healthcare worker. You know, they invited some 7,500 healthcare workers to come in for a private concert with Miley Cyrus and then to watch the game who had all been vaccinated. And we, we checked them in. That was our kind of a VIP check-in sort of deal. So we did that with them. But we've done the um, co-produced the NFL draft with them for the last five years since it started moving um, out of just being in New York at Radio City. Okay. Yeah. So that's been that's been fun. I dig that. But Tammy, you don't even like football. Well, uh, so what? I I don't. It's not that I don't Raiders. like it. I don't. It's, it's just not my thing. I I like the football football parties. I'll show up with some good guacamole and I love the company <laughs> but I couldn't tell you anything about the game or what's going on in it um that's not that's just not my thing I think it's it's a little violent for me so it's hard for me to watch but when um, you like it's kinda, MMA pardon me you like yeah. MMA no but I liked boxing when Mike Tyson used to fight because he used to knock everybody out in three he rounds. He was the so. most violent boxer ever. So how could you like that and not because football? He, I'm because he knocked them out so it wasn't just a brawl where they went 15 rounds and came out all bloody. He just won two, three. They were gone in the first round. I'm like, no, that's a fight. It's, you're you're on the floor. You're done. Hmm. I don't know. I think I'd rather get Rather get hit once by Mike Tyson and not, oh. you know, 50 times in however many rounds, no, by another boxer, just out once. So like Apollo Creed and Rocky, who, how, how you like those? That was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's fake news. I know. <laughs> 
because that was fine. (laughs) (laughs) Jumping in, what you do is artist relations. Yes. Which is arguably the most important job to anyone involved in tour management and backstage coordination and hospitality and all the little things that go into the making the experience great. What happens on the stage is of course, front facing what everybody sees. It's of course the most important thing to the fan, but to those of us that are coming into a festival setting, the most important thing to us are the little things that make our day just that much more comfortable, enjoyable. We're on the road from for however All the long. Time. Yeah. We're flying in from wherever the hell. We've had a bad day. Dallas is in a mood, like usual. <laughs> and, you know, wow. she needs you Bitterness. to step up and say, Because I'm Here's with Madeline. I got whatever. you. I got I mean, you. Yeah. I get it. Like, yes. That's why I keep you with me, Dallas. That's right. <laughs> you know you're doing it. Me, it's like the movies. I'm running to her going, ah, and no. she saves me. But Tim, you also, what that means is not only are you the face of that experience for all of us, it means you're actually the person closest to those that were arguably most affected in some respects yeah. by this pandemic. Because yeah. we're talking about people that are independent contractor. We're talking about people that move from festival to festival or work as a runner at a club. They're not on yeah. payroll. Right. They're it's their not, career is they, to go from event to event. They're, yeah. you know, they're driving, you know, the van, but they're not retained by anybody. They're not, you know, collecting a salary. I don't know how it works, whether they're hourly, weekly, whatever that is, but these are people that are working gig to gig. Exactly. And that's, it's been tough for a lot of those folks, you know, they've had to figure out how their talents could, you know, they could segue those talents into to, uh, other, you know, industries that were still, you know, kind of doing things, whether it's like wedding planning or driving essential workers, you know, around to different, you know, hospitals or things like that and just get pretty creative but i think a lot of them were caught off guard with savings and otherwise because you know how it is you get a lot of those crews they they know in those first couple of months of the year what they're pretty much if they've been in the industry for a while what they're going to be doing for the entire year so they've got that kind of income planned out and just like that it's gone and they've got you know they've got nothing moving back in with parents and in with each other and, or maybe didn't really have a place to begin with because they were on the road all the time. Constant moving around. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's been, uh, have you kept up with a bunch of your, your go-to oh yeah. people? Oh yeah. So I still pretty quickly, probably a month in, uh, started doing some zoom calls with, um, you know, Shaney from uh, Gold Shaney Voice. Gordy. Yeah. Of course. And Emily Francis, Transpo du Jour. Mm-hmm. Does, and uh, Talia Ortiz does uh, hospitality. And, you know, Gloriana uh, Gomez. So we, we were just, we're constantly having conversations because 
we've all worked together when we were contractors and when we weren't, you know, for so many years about how we're going to navigate all of these, the staff when we do come back, because we all, they all work for us. They go from Coachella to, to Lala to ACL. And, you know, if everything falls in one place, how are we going to help each other out? Well, I love to hear that you're having that conversation, you know, company to company, that that's that you're really looking out for people and and looking ahead. That's that's certainly good to hear. Yeah. No, we're trying. What percentage would you say won't come back? Of the people? Of of your gig workers. You know, that's hard to say because I know several of them. Uh, not several, but quite a few have gotten, you know, kind of admin jobs where they could work from home um, and, you know, got some benefits and things like that. But the that itch to work events is still there. And oh, yeah. I think they're going to defect those those nine to fives in droves. See, I love hearing you say that. Solid. Yeah. I love that because every time I hear people talking about how many people aren't coming back. I second guess that I'm sure there are some who won't, especially if you're older and you found, you know, something stable and you've got a family and what have you. But every time I hear people say 30% won't come back or something like that, I think to myself, I don't buy it. Everyone that I know that does what we do is desperate to get on site and do another gig. Absolutely. Banks, you disagree? There are a few. I know there are a few people that have definitely found some things that they were not aware of during the pandemic that they aren't happy with. I'd say I know a handful of people that are like, "Yeah, I'm not coming back." Like, but what, what were they doing and then in the industry, and what are they doing now? I'm curious. Uh, techs, mainly techs. Um, I know a couple of transportation guys that I've gotten you know close to over the years that now doing other stuff that they're not coming back. You know, they're they're just happy with stability and benefits and money going into like, you know, something that's actually going to show them what they're going to make of their future, you know, retirement and all that. So I know a few people. The tech side, I could I could kind of see that because their kind of skill set can segue into so many different um, industries and and with transportation. That's definitely, that's going to be an interesting one, like the runners. You know, I, I always, for years, whenever we'd have an artist, you know, a headliner style artist or something that was like, oh, well, we're going to bring in, we only do private. It's like, okay, our runners are better. But okay, we'll, we'll, we'll let you, you know, let you do that. And those are the folks, those headliner runners that were just so great. Those are, you know, the folks that I'm really really want to come back because we really relied on them to. So let me ask you a question about them. So we've had some interesting conversations with a number of production managers, especially talking about the amount of time it's going to take to develop, to redevelop muscle memory, to get our road legs under us, to be back to full, you know, working at full capacity do you see that as a concern among runners, drivers, caterers, and other backstage personnel where, you know, 
that memory of what needs to happen when and getting into that rhythm of staying ahead of the asks, do you see that as, as an issue looking at festivals in late 21 and 22? I mean, maybe for the first few days in, but I think just like anything else, it'll, it'll kind of kick in that because we're all going to be running around like chickens with our heads cut off for the first, you know, few days or few festivals or whatever, just like any time, you know, you, you, every year when we do what is Lala ACL or whatever, that first day or two could sometimes can be rough. You know, you work the kinks out and, you know, by, by Saturday, you got that shit dialed in and it's totally fine because there's always some like, something that you cannot predict in advance that's going to happen. You just can't. It, when, when, you know, as, as a, you know, tour managers, when you, we can talk on the phone a hundred thousand times, you could have been to this, to that festival 10 times before you'll show up and you'll go, Oh, wow, that's different. That's, that's not going to work. We need to, we need to change that. We need to do it and we have to scramble and do it. So I, I think it'll kick in quicker than we think. I have faith. I like that. I, I, have I am concerned it will take months for people to really feel comfortable and back in the rhythm in the swing. And, and when you have a tour, you know, when you have, you know, however many days, weeks of rehearsal and, you know, God willing, you're starting up in like Iowa or Nebraska or something so that you have a couple of weeks before you to get to New York or L.A. or Chicago or whatever. But when you land on site at a major music festival, you don't have the luxury of weeks of, you know, working up to it, you know, in, in, in real terms on the right. job day to day. You know, there are people demanding something of you. The very first day, you know, the, in in the couple of days before, as the headliners are coming in for you know their load in and sound check days and what have you, and and you don't have the luxury of uh, of of spending those days figuring it out without getting chewed out by some asshole tour manager like myself. I, I swear I won't. Never you, Tammy. Never ever. <laughs> Never you. But you know what I mean, and I don't necessarily mean me, but. But there are those who, who will not take kindly to, uh, you know, the, the, the sandwich platter not being right or whatever. Right. Sandwich platters are for amateurs, but <laughs> I hate deli plates. I think that they are. It's like you deli just plates copy. Are disgusting. It's like, come on, man. You copied and pasted that shit from the... From the 70s, right. And I I know. Platters are going to be COVID safe anymore anyway. All you do, you're going to just sit there and your artist is going to fling the ham to see how many pieces stick to the ceiling anyway. You're not going to eat it. Maybe that's why they're asking for it. Exactly. Stop. (laughs) But, um, uh, you know, as far as I, you know, there's always going to be some tour managers or production managers that are just like screaming in your face about something. I'll have my shield on. And, um, I don't, I, I don't take it personally. I stop taking that stuff personally because usually when they're yelling at you, it's because somebody was just yelling at them and they're just kind of feeding it down the line. And I'm just sitting there and like going, okay, all right, we'll, we'll get it taken care of. Just, it's going to be fine. And I make sure I get at least a smirk or a smile or something out of it. But as long as like 
Dallas doesn't, you know, make me cry or anybody else cry by the end. She is like that. Let's come on. She's like that. (laughs) No, Dallas is just very, very firm about what she wants. And she doesn't want any bullshit. If it's not going to happen, just don't lie to me. Just tell me what's up. That's it. And I can appreciate it. I've never yelled at you, right? No, I, you're the I, big hugs every time I see no, you. You're good. You're great. You're great. And Dallas is great. I love her. And I and personally, I think it's it's hard, especially in the and the and the touring side of it for women in uh, that are touring on the road that have that much responsibility, because some like assumptions are made. There's a lot of responsibility that's that's put on especially like for, you know, getting the dressing room thing right. And the artist is going to show up. Well, the artist isn't going to yell at me. He's going to yell at you. So if things don't go right. Jump in, Dallas. You're nodding your head. Our audience can't see that. Speak. I mean, what she's saying is correct, you know. Nothing to uh, negate here. It's all true, sadly. I mean... You know, I don't yeah, make people cry, though, just to be clear. <laughs> or not often. Dallas, not like, often. I'm not soft in these streets. <laughs> no. But I can. That's right. I can. I don't try to. But, you know, sometimes it's pretty obvious. And they don't like to hear the obviousness. But, you know, we keep it real. That's right. That's, <laughs> That's right. True and spicy. Just, like, just, just give me what I ask for or tell me what I can't have. Don't bullshit me. So, Tammy, setting yourself up for success means having the right support system around you and bringing on the right people that can do the job. For our listeners entering the business, what are some of those qualities you're looking for? Put it in one word that I don't think is actually a real word. Figure it outness. Mm. Figure it outness. Mm-hmm. Figure it the fuck out. Like, duh. Yeah. Yeah. Do I really have to tell you that if you if you have an artist in in your van and you and you bring them backstage to the festival that when you get out of the car that you shouldn't ask them to do a selfie with you uh, or for an autograph? Do I have to tell you that? Is that you know do, that happens? Do I tell? Should I tell you that it's not a good idea that if you were supposed to be at a at a run at one o'clock that you should be there at twelve forty five? and let the tour manager know exactly where you are and not say, I'm outside. No shit. (laughs) So figure it out, miss. Think on your feet. Don't ask questions. I love questions, but don't ask stupid questions. Figure it out. So what about when you're dealing with tour managers, tour directors, what have you, backstage managers, et cetera? What what is it that you're, you're, you're hoping for in them? When you're when when you're starting it in advance, uh, communication. The truth that, that that they didn't get that job because whatever artist is their boy, and because that's a disaster always. <laughs> Lord help me. Um, I mean, really, it's just about communication. You know, if you if you need things set by six o'clock because. The artist could show up at seven. They might show, then just tell us, you know, what you need. If you need everybody out of the compound when, you know, by five thirty, just tell us what you need. If you that's that's really it. Just communication. If we if we can communicate and we know what you need, we'll take care of it. So let's shift gears. 
You've been working for an Austin-based DEI initiative. Tell us about it. So the, the Systemic Racism Working Group, which was set up by the Austin Music Commission. So we've been meeting for, for a few months, several months now. We may, started off really just getting to know each other in the group. But um, the idea is for us to put together some um, initiatives to, um, to suggest to the, the city on how to spend some money and create some uh, more diversity uh, opportunities in Austin for musicians, crews, people of color here. And kind of the, the, a few of our, our goals, and they are big ones, are um, pay equity, uh, some more business-like opportunities for artists here, and affordable housing. The last one, that's tough, especially in this city right now with the way that it's growing. And, but it, for, for, as a company, C3 itself, we had started a program with uh, Houston Tilson, which is a HBCU that's in, uh, here in Austin, that's two blocks from our office. Um, because one of our staff, um, Eric Klein, love him, bless his heart, had kind of pointed out that our internship program had historically been for credit only, college students for credit only. Well, you know, when you do a program for credit only for an entire semester, what demographic of people are generally left out of that pool? Brown and black folks, mainly, who don't have the means or their parents have the means to support them in an apartment to basically not get paid um, to learn, you know, on the job. So we started working with Houston Tillerson and 2018 um, with not only bringing in uh, students, a couple of students that would work in different departments at C3, but the goal was that we were going to, it wasn't just an internship where you're learning and not really doing a job. No, you're doing a job. We're training you and giving you a skill set so that hopefully you either come work at C3 at the end of it, or you have a skill set to go work at, you know, in the industry at another company. And, you know, we had a couple of really talented people that, uh, students that we were working with, but then it, that all blew up. So we plan on starting that back up again when we can get things rolling um, with, with uh, Houston Tilton and hopefully we can get other, not only other um, historically black colleges to participate, but maybe we can get other companies um, in Austin to do the same thing. Because I think that's where it starts. If you start with the staff and the people that you have in the company, then you know everything else will naturally start to happen because more diversity means that there are different voices and perspectives in the room. I like it. So, Tammy, since this is your host audition and you didn't even know it. (laughs) Yeah. I'd like you to take this opportunity to ask some questions of uh, uh, the the fellow uh, podcast hosts. What do you got? Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay. So let me ask you guys this question. 
when you when the industry kind of comes back, what do you think? I'll start with you with with Matt and Christine. What do you think that you're going to do differently on the road with your artists, your crew moving forward that you didn't probably even think about doing pre-pandemic? How you're going to run your operation, how you're going to move from city to city. What do you think you'll do differently? Do you want to jump on that first, Alice? Or do you want a minute to think? Go right ahead. (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I've got an answer to that. And, and my answer is, is fairly uh, idealistic, but I've been working on a new model that involves a higher level of HR training and activity on the road. I'm talking better communication, more frequent meetings. I'm talking figuring out ways to uh, get some leadership training and DEI training and crisis management training built into the touring system so that leaders on the road can be better at their jobs and also can, you know, train others to to advance and have future opportunity to become leaders in the industry. It's like you said before about communication. It comes down to communication and communication starts with education and it starts with just opening up the lines and getting people, you know, on, on the same page and, and working better together. And, and I think that, that this industry has lacked HR since the beginning. And all the major companies, the major promoters, um, you know, C3, a live nation company, um, you know, the agencies, the major management companies, the bigger ones, you know, Maverick, um, also a live nation company, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, full stop and what have you, they have HR departments, but right. on the road among touring crews, that doesn't right. exist. Right. It never has. Even among touring companies of 100 people, it doesn't exist. So we're out there doing everything we can to do the right thing. But the system, I, w- it, I can't say it's broken because it never existed in the right. first place. And I think that now is the time that we need to start doing better business and we need to, you know, uh, just turn what we're doing into more of a fully functioning, you know, respectable business entity because every touring operation is either a business or a collection of businesses representing a business, i.e. the artist's touring company. And we all have a responsibility to be better. And I think that that starts with HR and, and it starts most specifically, of course, not of course, but it starts with DEI, which of course has become the hot button issue. Because if you're if there isn't diversity and there isn't equity, then you know you're then you're not you know fulfilling your very basic uh, you know uh, you know objective to to actually bring different perspectives to the table in right. order to advance and create a thriving business. But it it's about DEI and it's about human resources. For me, that's where it starts. I love that. Christine, what you got? You know, I'm not really in a position like Matt to effectively bring departments on, shall we say, but I can do what I always do, which is ensure that those around us are treated fairly. I usually get into a lot of trouble because I'm a bit of an advocate for people who 
aren't treated well. And, um, you know, all we can do is, you know, hope to ensure that all this equality and egalitarian theories that I'm hearing are put in practice and that we're seeing people practice those things. I try to feel like I've always been pretty fair in what I do and I try to go out of my way to make sure I do diversify and keep my backstage exciting when I have a chance to have a great team. But, um, you know, not always do we have the choices in some of those areas. So that makes it confusing, I think, sometimes. But, you know, we can help those around us see the light. Um, you know, I think at the very basic level, it's very difficult as crew. If you already are, you know, like-minded and believe in the right things, um, you know, I think all we can do is just ensure that it continues in that fashion. I like yeah. it. Be more willing, more of us more willing to speak up you know, and say, say something, you know, see something, say something. I've definitely been over the years in a few situations where, you know, whether it's like backstage and someone is trying to get like, uh, usually I get involved when it's like an unsuspecting fan and a crew or an artist or something. And I, and I step in and I've definitely gotten, you know, eyes rolled at me before, or, you know, this is none of your business. It's like, yeah, it is my business because she's too young and you stop, get in the car. Let's taking you back to the hotel and you don't want to get in this van. He doesn't love you. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And, and move on because, you know, I've been, I was fortunate enough to get into this industry when I was a little bit older, but what I've kind of noticed, especially with women in their twenties, um, before were a lot of times brought up to like, um, you know, he's paid you a compliment, say, thank you. I don't have to say shit. I don't have to, I'm, thank you. I'm, thank you. I didn't have any control over the way I look. So I'm not going to thank you for it. Move on because there's an expectation sometimes for something that you're supposed to be grateful. So then they, a lot of times you get women will get uh, fans, women fans will get put into situations or put themselves into situations where they don't feel like they can say that they're uncomfortable or no, because this person is, you know, likes them or is some type of artist and, yeah, I'm I'm the one who steps in and is like putting a stop to this right now. But we got to be willing to speak up, and maybe that's just because too getting older, like zero fucks, I give zero. <laughs> Love it. Love it. This is not. Tammy, you got anything for Kyle now or Chris? <laughs> that was good. Fantastic. So I I, I do. For 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 Kyle and Chris, when you as part of you know like touring crews going out on the road, what would you like to see done differently for your experience when you show up to a festival? I know that your side is more heavily on the production side, so um, but what would you like to see done differently? I, I have an answer for you, but I'm going to hear what you have to say. I love that she has an answer for yeah, you, I do. by the way. I think that's <laughs> I have an answer great. for everything. Banks, you up. What do you got? That's why you're I, I would like to see 
more festivals take into account that the people traveling with the tours and the artists are not a threat. <laughs> you know, well uh, it, it, we, we, we travel, we have no sleep. We're already tired for you to completely dismantle my bag and to go through it. It's like, I'm with the tour. I've been these people. I'm with the tour manager, I'm with the artists take into account that I understand you have a job to do and you're taught to, you know, treat everybody the same, but please take into account that we are not a threat. You know, we're here to do our jobs and we just want to get on stage to our jobs quickly so we can get back on the bus and go to sleep. You know, that's what I would like to see. What do you and mean go through your bag? Security when they, checks. When security checks, the when they, they go the through our bags and it's like, I have the credentials, you know who I am, or you look at the list, or you're so-and-so. We're and, in a van of yeah, 12 yeah, yeah. other people. They take Come yeah. on yeah. Man, Tom, yeah, what you're is taking my stuff, you're emptying my, what is you're this? TSA. Yeah, it's like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, these are my tools for my job. Like, I'm coming into this van. My van is obviously guiding the security clearance to come to this area. And then I have to get out of the van. You take me through this whole situation. I just, I hope moving forward that that's something that can be uh, fixed or 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 reworked Remedy. to where, yeah, to where we don't have to. That is one as a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> and for me, since I'm front of house, and since uh, you know, post pandemic, uh, I would like to see a tea wedge all the way from backstage to front of house instead of having to trample over 50,000 people with zero security at that point especially when you're anywhere outside of us when you go to festival you have to do that you're looked at as a as a uh, christmas gift to some any suspecting person who wants to put hands on you (laughs) because then if i turn around whoop somebody's ass i have a problem but you shouldn't have never touched me or you have to push through people because they don't want to move and get that little premiere half inch piece of space that they have to get to your front of house. So that's that's a complete safety issue in itself. So I would like to see that change. No, I like but that. won't because Matt won't pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> what? So if maybe that has anything to do with me, by the way, <laughs> and you know that I like that T barricade as much as anybody. So do me, I. I'm not going out to front of house if I have to wade through a crowd to get there because I don't have to, but I'd like to. So I want that T. Although I do, for the record, prefer it be off center. Just say I I like the off center. I think uh, was it's um, Bonnaroo that was doing kind of an off center. We started to do one also. I do like that a lot better. But I do like the tea also. Sometimes that's the only, that tea barricade is the only time I will get to see an artist for the five or 10 minutes that I have to spare before the radio starts blasting again. As if I can run up the barricade and then leave, Mm -hmm. (laughs) be done with it. So So what was the, what was the right answer for them, by the way, Tammy? For, for, well, you know what? Those were actually so much better than, what nah, stop I, I was, was going to say you were going to say that better food because because well <laughs> because the crews spend so much more time on site than the artist does is that I know in the beginning with money and everything it's going to be hard to 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 justify a lot more spend but that we can create 
more spaces for the crews to actually chill when they're there. How about honey day. wagons also instead of portalettes? <laughs> like nice bathrooms for the crew instead of just a cruddy portalette. Right. Well, we, Since they're there a long time. Right. That's harder to service, I found out, when it's close to the stage. I can sure. Make, but for the you, crew, they, you know. Yeah. But we'll we make do, arrangements. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we will sort you out, Tammy. <laughs> if you can get that and to like us, we, we we'll started sure that we doing um, there uh, this uh, um, uh, roadie village at ACL a couple years ago, where the the kind of gifting that always happens that it was more uh, tech yeah. stuff for for um, you know for y'all to have instead of you know, a swanky pair of tennis shoes for an artist that can afford to buy them themselves. I never kind of understood that. But anyways, that that we really take care of the crew so that you guys have a place to chill and feel comfortable and get away. And yeah, no, no portos. Although we did move to vac toilets. Did you get to experience the vac toilets? So Not here. I have outside. They're, um, uh, we started using those a lot more. We own a, a, a lot of them, but they're, it's similar to the like toilet you use on an airplane. I'm familiar oh. with them. So there's no blue water. No weird smells. Whatever there. It's literally just takes it all down, and there's a, a, a plumbing system where it literally goes into the main um, kind of sewage line for the city. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, for okay. which 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 festival was doing this? Uh, ACL Lala. Okay. This was was not everywhere because they're not uh-huh. they're not. But there were banks of the vac toilets that more and more that they were using because they also have to be you know they have to there has to be a line close by right. for them to kind of you know feed it into. But yeah, that's becoming a lot more um, common. But on the security thing that. Uh, I feel you on that as um, I understand the need for the security check. I just was always questioning like, well, but the folks coming in to perform aren't the people we're worried about. Right. 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 So like I can understand, for instance, maybe the big, semi coming in overnight because at a truck stop like you don't know what somebody's put under the truck or right correct know, whatever but if if like say a, a artist um transpo van and that 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 security check happens with that runner and as long as that runner doesn't leave the van once they pick up the artist so I think those are some things that we have to we have to work through. I just made a bunch of people at C three really nervous. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> there it is. Well, I like those questions. Do you, do you want to ask one more before we move on? Ah, uh, let's see. Um, I think you got the job already. I, so I, it's okay. okay you right. All right. All right. No, I but think you can. That's, that's, that's good. I just, you know, I told you guys this, I told you this the other day. I I know that my department is called artist relations. That's great. But I feel like the biggest part of my job, our job, because it's not just me. I don't do this by myself. is to take care of y'all, the crew. 
because Thank it's you. your job to take care of the artists. We so need you, more of you, Tammy. We need more of you out there. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a list of what your needs are. We go over the writers. We go over the decor. We go over all that. And if if you come in and you're happy, then they're happy. And, you know, if like I said, if I'm meeting an artist, it's because I fucked up. <laughs> and I'm apologizing for something. <laughs> and I, ain't nobody got time for that. No. That's right. <laughs> well, Tammy, you've been a great guest with us today, Dallas. Before we go, any other questions from you? Not at the moment. Brother Hamilton. I am question free. She answered my question. Well, she heard my question. <laughs> Kyle just so likes I'm to be good. heard. But I'm listening. Probably to do with money. Bears, what about you? <laughs> I haven't. Why? Why is it sometimes? <laughs> I've had I've had a whole year to think about things. Yes, you know, yes, I've been sitting, yes, you know, okay, playing yeah. the festivals. I've had a whole time. I've got a whole Pull list. Out the list I, yeah, I, hold on a second. Can I present right now? Can I present? By yes. all means, soapbox is yours. Sometimes you get into a festival and catering is three thousand miles <laughs> away from the artist compound. You know, but yet it's artist catering but it's 3,000 miles it's not crew catering for the entire festival for everybody else who's working but artist catering sometimes is 3,000 miles away from the artist compound and it's a lot of times I get discouraged I get discouraged I'm like I'm not going all the way over there I'm not doing it it's too scary because you could maybe not get back exactly and then you have to come back through security and get hassled because you've left your safe space and now you have to go back out and come back in. So the um, part of that is because you are more likely than not, you're traveling with a headliner. Uh, when, no. when that artist or, or someone who's going to be a headliner next year where that artist catering is. And, and that's a kind of a traffic you know, um, issue because that, that stage is usually further away from the mass catering where, you know, all of the, the labor and rigors and everybody are constantly trafficking through. That's, mm. that's one, that's the, one of the biggest reasons. So sometimes that catering is next to the main artist village where the, all the non-headliner artists are kind of clustered together in a row of tents or trailers and everything. But the, the like two main stages or the two kind of um, second stages, they're usually a bit further away from catering. But it's just it's a traffic flow. I, it's an it's something I feel you that we have tried to have an artist catering in an artist village to bring food into the headliner compound um the only solution that i can tell you for that is that we started doing more uh, advancing um meals to have them brought to the headliner compound so that you can just kind of eat there that the stage liaison can bring over so banks you're suggesting on all the smaller kind of pedestrian level bands should be made to walk <laughs> To your catering area, so that you don't have to walk to theirs. Did I get that right? Uh, you know, or, or I, I would think gladly, he said it well. I would, I would gladly take a golf cart. You know, I would, you know, just you know, or something. You know, I'd, 
We'll get you a Something. golf cart. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, the other cart. thing I want to see change. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this. Personal golf cart. You know how I roll. Yeah. Yes, you but everyone. if you want to get rid of the COVID-30 that you put on, or uh, the walk. McDonald's. You can see and- that right through the Zoom. She's <laughs> <laughs> obviously a listener. You don't oh. need a golf cart. You need to clock those steps, those steps in the old in. pedometer. Yeah, yeah, close those rings. <laughs> You're probably right about that. But but I might be going for the post-COVID-30. So I just want that damn cart. I want that golf cart. You know, <laughs> it's, it's not always off the table. Trying it's to be a bit be, it's more It's going to be green. on my writer. Cart, it's, personal it's, cart, or that, or that, or I guess I need somebody assigned to drive me around for the day, right? That's what the oh, headliner wow. liaison's job is to drive you around all day. You never leave, though. I know, he doesn't. <laughs> just wondering when's the chicken going to show up? Mm-hmm. Where's the sushi? Where's the Tito's? Where's the Tito's? It's like, <laughs> we got you. It's, I'm sorry. It's caught behind Trump's Tito's yep. <laughs> and Prosecco. Behind security. It'll be here any minute. It's cold. All right. So well, sorry. let's move on from All there. Right. Usually we go straight into our quick hits. But before we get to the to- Tam, you're a storyteller. So yes. tell us a story. What do you got? Okay. I got a story from my first days in the industry, working with They Might Be Giants. Uh, They were starting to, they were really popular. And uh, their manager, Jamie Hornbull, Hornbull Group, still their manager today. Um, They were doing a festival. I can't remember the name of it, but I remember it was in Marlboro, Maryland. They Might Be Giants fans are crazy about their merch. So, that's what I was going to do. I was going to sell merch. I asked a friend of mine, Kim, and said, hey, you want to go up, drive up to Maryland from New York for the weekend? We'll sell some merch. It'll be fun. Had a show at the 930 Club later that night. It's going to be it's going to be great. So we get to this festival, the only artist selling merch. So there was no place to really sell it. We had to quickly set up a, a U-shape of, of eight-foot tables and just had boxes of merch. It was mayhem. These kids, you would have thought that we were actually giving it away and not selling it. All I had was this canvas, like a backpack that I had turned around in the front of me and I'm shoving cash in there and selling everything from t-shirts to fezzes, no kidding, to shot glasses. And it was crazy. Parents who had brought their kids to the festival had formed a lawn chair barricade around us so that the kids couldn't get to where we were to get behind us to get the boxes of merch. It got to a point where it's like, this isn't going to stop. And we're I'm calling Adam, one of the, the crew guys on the radio. I'm like, you have to drive the van over here and get us. Like, this is not walking back with the extra boxes. We're going to get nailed out here. So he comes up, he gets us, we're throwing the boxes in into the back of the, the left into the back of the van. We haul us out of there. Um, my friend Kim and I and the the uh, accountant for C for C3 for Hornblow went back to the hotel. We had to count the money, put it in the safe and make our way to the 930 club. Somewhere, this is before digital 
cameras, when you have to take it, drop it off and get your, your film developed. Somewhere there is a picture of me in a hotel and a bed of money. <laughs> Flagged out in a bed with rolled in money. To this day, I cannot smell. I can't get cash close to my face because of the smell of it. Smells like, you know, 30-year-old blow or something. It's just terrible. It's just filthy. And I'm laying in a bed of money. And it was it was a lot of money. Like to press out get, and then go to the 930 pub and stuff. But somewhere there's a picture or, or a negative of me laying on a bed of money in a hotel room. If anybody <laughs> has that picture, please, I, I want to see it. I do, too. I want that to do that, but... <laughs> The lead photo in for the episode when it drops. Unfortunately, <laughs> that doesn't that can't happen because we're going to have to drop the episode first to get it unless you find it. I I put the shout out before. I don't know. I don't. You know, it's it's, it's, it's in someone's box somewhere of negatives under a bed or in a, a who knows. But somewhere there's that. Okay, I like that. I like that. That's good. So, Tammy, we always have a series of quick hits. You know the program. You know the questions. You kind of already asked one of us that I'm going to ask of you in a minute. But your first one is first tour. What was it? My first tour? Um, The first tour I went out on was the Amago Traveling Roadshow. You're gonna have to give us a little more than that. You're like, huh? Do you remember a band from oh god, it was like the 60s, 70s called Perubu? Maybe. P-E-R-E-U-B-U with David Thomas. Look them up. Let's go with yeah, yeah. just to keep the story yeah. moving. So they were with a, a, a yeah, a, a Mago Traveling Roadshow. That's what I was out with. Perubu was a headliner, a couple of other artists. I was selling merch. Look them up. They're 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 out there. Okay. Okay. A favorite moment for us, other than lying in a bed of money. What do you got? (laughs) A favorite moment is my favorite moment is loadout. (laughs) And let me tell you why. So smart. We've never heard that before. Actually, it's all about the oat. It's out of the out because when you load out, it's like, it's, it's, it's the, it's the reward. It's the instant gratification of what everything that you were advancing and it's done. You did it. It happened. The artist performed. Everybody's happy. You're, it's time to go. We did it. Check. Load out. There it is. Okay. I like that answer. (laughs) One thing you'd like to see us doing better moving forward. What is it? You know, I, I know this sounds typical, but really just more more diversity in the industry, more kindness, and um, man, I just, I miss hugging people. Do that better. Sometimes we're just like, hey, what's up? How are you doing? And I just, I miss that kind of personal interaction. So just caring for each other more when we're out there. I think we do a pretty good job, but we can always do better taking care of each other. Well, we'll get you out of here on this. Any shout outs? Um, 
you know, really to my C3 family, to Gloriana Gomez, who's like uh, my, my right hand, my therapist, my sister, uh, Oscar Pena, who I miss dearly, um, come back, you know, uh, I just want to get back to work. Who else? Um, Talia, Shaney, Emily, Ashley, you guys know who you are. I just want to get back to the crew. Just get back to work. I miss everybody. Well, there it is. Sister Dallas, what do you got before we go? It's been a year. I hope all our people out there are hanging in there and staying strong and getting ready for the excitement that's going to unfold in the next few months. Your lips to God's ears, Brother Hamilton. What about you? As always, stay dry in these damp conditions. Shoot straight, hit straight, and we will be back in June. In June. Ouch. <laughs> Damn. Okay. <laughs> Brother Banks. Uh, renew your passports, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say I expedited mine last January just yeah. for fun? Just, you know, because yeah. I felt like spending that money that right. I didn't have. Right. <laughs> just one thought right. about it. It's been great. Yeah. Renew awesome. your passport. Get that secondary passport. Uh, pay those tickets so you don't have any warrants. You know, get ready <laughs> for work so there's no issues crossing that border once the borders are open, you know? Oh, boy. So I'm going to say. Get ready, guys. It's coming. All right. I appreciate that. Well, I'm going to thank Tammy Blevins, the new regular <laughs> guest host on Hustle Like You Broke. Round I of applause for Tammy, Woo! everybody. Thanks for having me. I love this. This is the first of many, Tammy. You didn't Amen. know it. You're with us now. You're one of us. We appreciate you. We appreciate our listeners, as always. And, uh, you know, we're having fun. Not quite sure about Brother Hamilton's assessment of a June startup, but I'm with it. I'm I like his it. optimism. Hey, hey, I like the optimism too. And uh, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. I can't wait to get back. I can't wait to get back to LA, hey. to Austin, to Miami, maybe. Hey. But, you know. <laughs> Just because you're humid. Issues, humidity issues. But I am coming to the Venetian Aquatic Club. You better. <laughs> I want to come to. I want to go. We're too. all going. Tammy's We're coming with. Bring it. Definitely. Definitely. There it is. Thank you, everybody. That's all I got for today. Peace. On that note, thank you and good night. Hey, this is Tech Support. Want to make sure you never miss the newest from Hustle Like You Broke? Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at HLUB Podcast and sign up for our mailing list by going to hustlelikeyoubroke.com slash join. You'll get updates about new episodes, bonus content, exclusive offers, and information on how to become a part of the music industry. Thanks for listening.